Welcome to Noble Warrior. My name is CK Lin. Noble Warrior is where I interview entrepreneurs about their journey from the first mountain of achievement to the second mountain of purpose so you can find your purpose, clarify your vision, and express your voice in meaningful ways. If you have any friends who are on this journey who could use more inspiration to take that leap of faith from the first mountain to the second mountain, go ahead and share this episode with them. They will thank you for it. If you enjoy the insights here on this episode, hit the subscribe button so that you will get more actionable insights as soon as they come out. 2022 is almost here. How do we have enough energy to start the new year with a bang and sustain this momentum throughout the year? My next guest is America's most trusted sleep doctor. He's the author of three best-selling books. He's been featured as the expert guest for 100 plus times on shows like Dr. Oz, Oprah, The View, Anderson Cooper. He just wrote another soon-to-be-a-best-selling book, Energize, go from dragging ass to kicking it in just 30 days. Go to energizemyself.com to get your copy today. If you're a knowledge worker who doesn't have the time to study the latest research, you just need to know the rules, the protocols to make it work for you. Dr. Michael Bruce is here to teach you how to get more consistent energy throughout the day. We'll talk about your chronotype, your metabolism type, and use that information to personalize your daily movement, eating, and resting schedule so you feel happier and more energized in just 30 days. Further, we'll talk about what's the value of energy and how it's fundamental to change and what categories of energy impact our lives, when and how to monitor these energies, and for teaching purposes, is it better to make your ideas black or white? How do you discover his dharmic path in sleep and energy? How to protect yourself from things that steal energy from you that you've unknowingly enabled them to do so? How to get balanced energy throughout the day and the scientific research that backs up his rest, food, and movement protocols? How does he balance learning and teaching to maintain consistent high throughput over 22 years? How to design a book curriculum for readers to get results fast without wasting their time and energy. And after hundreds of appearances on TV as an expert guest, he tells us how to get on TV easily to amplify your message. How does he pick the topics for the books that he's writing to ensure that they become bestsellers? And why most authors overthink and waste time and energy? Please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Michael Bruce. Thanks, CK. Always a pleasure to be on the Noble Warrior podcast. I love this one. I appreciate you so much. So um, let me just do a little pretext before we yeah. jump into the conversation. So for you those bet. of you watching, if you are a busy executive who doesn't have the time and you just need to know the rules to have more energy, pay attention to what Dr. Bruce has to say so you can feel more alive feel more awake and be alert all day okay this time you're back to talk about energy which is yes. to me the goal for high achievers who's yeah. on that climb to the second mountain of legacy because you can do your best work when you don't have energy why don't we open with that concept what does energy why is that important 
So first of all, thank you. I love the context in which you've wrapped it around. And I also enjoyed our uh, breathing that we do before coming on. So thank you for that. Um, you know, when we talk about energy, um, there's a lot of different definitions of it, but there's one basic definition that I like to go to, which is energy is the ability to change, right? So you can go from rest to movement and that change causes energy. You can eat something and that can give you energy. You can hear a funny joke or a great song and that can give you energy. You change from your one state to another state. That is energy. Now, to be fair, there's a lot of different kinds of energy out there. Um, so I decided to write a book about it uh, <laughs> because let's be honest. Why do we sleep? We sleep to wake up with energy to spend time with our loved ones, our careers, creating our legacy, whatever it is that is on our path, you kind of need energy to do it. Um, and I'm not talking about up and down energy, you know, that spiking energy that happens if you drink a cup of coffee, but then crashes a couple of hours later. I'm talking about consistent, high level, positive energy. That is the goal. And it turns out that there are a couple of different ways to look at energy. So let, let me break it down if I can. I'm going to double tap a little bit on energy for us. Um, so the first one is resting energy. What does that mean? That's not sleep. That's actual rest. There's now data to suggest that non-sleep deep rest. So lying almost in a meditative state in the dark with your eyes closed is actually rejuvenative. It can be extremely helpful for people and understanding that can be very important. One of my favorite things to talk about from an energy perspective is ways to get rest throughout your day. My favorite one, napping. Um, lots of people don't think about napping. They think, oh my gosh, you're lazy if you take a nap or uh, you must be getting terrible sleep if you take a nap or if you nap, you're never gonna fall asleep that night. You know, to be honest with you, there are some truths to that, but there are more myths than truths for sure. Um, if you nap at the right time of day, which is one of the things that we'll teach you how to do in the book, you can absolutely get yourself some extra resting energy, if you will. Um, if you uh, know and understand something called your chronotype, I believe we talked about that last time I was on the show, that can tell you also when you're supposed to nap. So resting energy becomes important. Another one, food, right? Fuel or eating energy. Kind of makes a lot of sense that what you eat is going to give you a level of energy. However, in our book, Energize, one of the things that we do is we focus in on a technique called intermittent fasting. Now, my guess is a lot of your audience members know what intermittent fasting is. However, you might not know when to fast or how long to fast. I actually can give you some of those secrets, and we'll talk about that in just a second. The third type of energy is moving energy, right? When I'm moving around, it not only forces me to use energy, but it actually motivates me and gives me more energy. So that's something that we're looking for. And then the fourth one is emotional energy, right? Um, I would argue there's a fifth one called spiritual energy. I know CK, you and I would probably have a great discussion about that. Um, but emotional energy turns out to be really important uh, as well. Like I mentioned earlier, what happens when your favorite song comes on the radio? You're bopping around and having a good time and you've got energy, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you somebody tells you a really funny joke, 
you're got a belly laugh full of energy all of a sudden, right? And so we actually have these tools around us that we can use just about whenever we want, but there turns out to be many types of energy. And so the first thing we do in the book is we teach people the different types of energy, and then we ask them to monitor or assess their energy at five different points throughout the day. So do uh, right after you wake up, early morning, after lunch, before dinner, and then right before bed. And we use a scale called the RPE. This is the uh, perceived exertion scale. So this is actually a scale that's been used in physical therapy and in, uh, in exercise science for years and years and years by Dr. Gunnar Borg. And um, it's very interesting because it's just a one to 10 scale and you just sort of rate how uh, exerted you feel, how much exertion that you're giving. And we're using that as a form of energy. So there's lots and lots of different forms of energy. And we're teaching people how to track their energy to find their highs and their lows. Mm, I love it. Always a very comprehensive answer from uh, Dr. Bruce. So, so I have a secret confession to make, and I also want to say- Throw it out there, bro. So, okay, secret confession is you share with me consistency is key, and I didn't follow it since the last time we talked, right? But here's the compliment for the book. You made it so simple. You, there's something concrete to follow. There's yes. a four-week plan. There's a daily yep. schedule. There's yep. energy scoreboard, and then there's the exertion scoreboard. And yep. then you give also very tactical uh, tips like guava leaf tea to help people stay asleep. One of my so, favorites. Yep. So, so I, I, this is a gem of a book because it's not just principles. It's not just some random tactics. You put it together as best you can to help people like me who love to collect <laughs> data and then actually execute because right. in my mind that is the key for transformation could you have made it any simpler for your readers for my audience to have results well you know and the, and the truth of the matter is is that we took a lot of time to take something that was very complicated and bring it forward in a way shape and form that's digestible um and thank you because i love tactics i am a tactical guy I like to do strategy. I like to give big world philosophical and have those discussions. You and I like to have those in particular. Um, but, you know, uh, having tactics and knowing what to do and when to do it, I think breeds motivation uh, and allows people to really try some things. So you're right. In the book, we actually do several different things. Number one, we ask you to assess your chronotype. So for folks who might not remember or who didn't get a chance to listen to our last podcast, by the way, go back and listen to our last podcast. It was awesome. Um, we talk about these things called chronotypes. Now, you might have heard of the term, but you don't know the word. If you've ever been called an early bird or a night owl, those are chronotypes. I actually came up with a four chronotype system based on real science and real genetics uh, where we identified four separate chronotypes. Early birds became what I call a lion. People in the middle came what I call a bear. Night owls became a wolf. And then I added a fourth chronotype, which was an insomnia chronotype called a dolphin. Now, the reason I chose, uh, by the way, all of the animals actually represent the chronotypical behavior that they are in the category four. So lions get up very, very early and are early birds. Wolves uh, stay up very, very late and hunt at night and are night owls, if you will. Uh, dolphins, kind of interesting. They sleep uni-hemispherically. So half of their brain is asleep while the other half is awake and looking for predators. I felt like that was kind of like what an insomniac probably feels like, never quite being asleep. Once you identify your chronotype by going to chronoquiz.com, I know a lot of you have already done that, 
we do a second assessment. Now, this assessment is new. It's about body type. So if you think back way back to high school times when you were in biology class, they probably told you about these three separate body types. Endomorph. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Can yeah. I just add a little bit of something about the chronotypes real quick? Yeah. So last last time I heard about the chronotype, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciated it. But this time you added even more context around it. So here's the thing. Um, let me just quote some of the, yeah. the text that you have. It's like, alliance don't avoid work, but they struggle with decision making. I was like, ah, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then uh, another personal takeaway for me is, oh, lions like to uh, 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 a busy executive. They wake up early, but they sit for 10 hours per day, which drains energy and increase your risk of premature death. I was yes. like, oh, my gosh, I better pay <laughs> attention to this thing. Absolutely. So, uh, and I, I love the um, the characteristics of this because mm. it's not just hey, here's a chronotype, here's how right. you biologically sleep. But here you also talked about sort of the personality manifestation as, as well. One thing in particular is the, uh, here, let me see if I can quote your book. Um, Morning-oriented types rank lowering emotional intelligence in skills like perception, understanding, assimilation, and managing. When lions feel isolated and disconnected, part of that exhausting dynamic may relate to their naturally impaired human relation deficiency. I'm like, holy shit, you <laughs> know me so well. So I that's beautiful. It. I really appreciate that. The, the subtext, the, the nuance of these archetypes. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. And you know, we can, we can spend a minute or two on those as well. I mean, when we look at these archetypes, um, what we've done is we've had over a million and a half people take the quiz. So we know a lot about these people. And so if you do take the quiz, you'll get um, a piece of information that will identify your chronotype. So CK, you're a lion. Me, I'm a wolf. I'm a night owl. You're an early bird. Um, and you get to learn all about a lot of those personality characteristics that we know have a tendency to come with this chronotype. So I'm really glad that you tapped in and started to identify with that because the more that people identify, the more likely they are to follow the consistency pattern, which you have a little bit of an issue with. So we're going to work on that for you. Um, <laughs> but what you'll see is that the more you identify, the more you know that other lions have those same problems. You're not the first lion to turn to me and say, hey, I didn't follow the consistency because I was so excited when I woke up in the morning to do this or do that or the other. So don't worry, dude, we've got you covered. Um, there's definitely a way for lions to be able to have emotional intelligence and move forward. So once I you, interrupted, but go ahead with it's uh, all good. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So once you identify your chronotype, then we go to body type. So like I was saying before, if you think back to high school, there was this thing called an endomorph, a mesomorph and an ectomorph. So to jog everybody's memory, an ectomorph is somebody that's kind of long and lean. A mesomorph is somebody that's a little bit more V-shaped or muscular shaped. And an endomorph is somebody that has a little bit more weight to them, a little bit on the thicker side, kind of carries their weight in their hip area or across their belly. Now, what we discovered when we really started to look at that was that's really metabolism. I mean, let's think about it for a second. Long and lean, fast metabolism. It, mesomorph, medium, uh, you know, build, medium metabolism. Endomorph, got a little bit more weight on them, slow metabolism. That turns out to be incredibly important. So in one of our big areas, which is intermittent fasting, to be clear, I don't tell you what to eat. I tell you when to eat and, and how long to eat for. We actually get those pieces of information 
from your chronotype and from your body type. You know, I've been reading a lot of intermittent fasting journals lately, and a lot of times they say, oh, you can choose a 12-hour fast, uh, a 14-hour fast, or a 16-hour fast, whatever you want. I don't think that's true. I think that you do it based on your body type, okay? And so if you are a long and lean ectomorph, then you need a larger feeding window. So you will fast for 12 hours and eat for 12 hours. Mm. If you're a mesomorph, I happen to be a mesomorph, then what you do, right? You see where I'm going with it, right? Mm. Then you fast for 14 hours, feed for 10. If you're an endomorph, a little bit on the bigger side, then you can fast for 16 hours and eat for eight. So what we do is we personalize the, the amount of time that you're fasting based on your metabolism, which is given to us by understanding your body type. That's step one. Step two is then we layer the chronotypes in there on top of it. So for example, you're a lion. You're going to want to feed early in the morning and fast late in the afternoon. I'm a wolf. Dude, if I eat breakfast, I'll throw up. Like I just, mm. I get nauseous. Like it's not good. For, and I'm a wolf right? Which makes sense. So I fast in the mornings until about one o'clock and then I feed from then until late in the evening. So not only do you learn how long you should intermittent fast, but when based on these two pieces of information that you get at the beginning of the book. So it's pretty cool to learn when to intermittent fast. Of course, I teach you a lot about sleep. Surprise, surprise. I am the sleep doctor. Um, yeah. That has a lot to do with primarily your chronotype. And then we get into movement. We're going to talk a little bit more about movement in a second, but movement turns out to be very interesting because you do that based on body type and on chronotype. Mm. Do you mind if we're going to just do a double click on the teaching side of things? Because you've mm -hmm. been, you know, you wrote four books. You this is your dharmic path, right? This is this is this is your jam. <laughs> you, so. you you geek out about sleep and now energy, right? So I'm curious to no, know. When it comes to sleep and nutrition and even exercise, is incredibly nuanced. It's it's really it personalized, is. and yet, is it more effective from the teaching point of view to make it so polarized, like black and white, rather than this nuance for teaching purposes? So, for teaching purposes, sometimes I have a tendency to make it more black and white because it's just easier. But to be fair, and I think this is a great point that you bring up. There's a little fuzziness on the edges of each category, if you will, right? So having a little bit of gray area is important for people. I always want people to realize, hey, if you do an assessment of something, you could fall within a range of that assessment. We've got lions who are ultimate lions who wake up at four o'clock in the morning. We've got some lions that wake up at six o'clock in the morning. We've got late night wolves like me who go to bed at midnight. We've got some that don't go to bed until 2 a.m. So there's definitely some nuance there. Take the guideline as a starting point and then see how it fits for you to make it even more personalized. Yeah, I appreciate that. So another thing I really appreciate is the subtext, the tone mm -hmm. of the book. Because the way you <laughs> articulate it is, hey, this may be your DNA. You know, you may have a certain chronotype. You may have a certain type of uh, metabolism. There's nothing wrong. Yep. It's okay, no. right? Just just yeah. fit into, just you know, work with it so that you can have the desired lifestyle that you want. So that's one. The second thing you also say in very explicit terms is that energizing is a is a process, is a journey, rather than yes. some destination that you hit. Like, hey, I'm I'm now checked, perfect. I'm energized now, right? Everyone <laughs> right. hold, don't move. 
and it's, right. it's a process and it's okay to kind of come in and out of it and you adapt in, in, in the nuance of it. I really appreciate the subtext of your teaching. Thank you. You know, it's, um, it's definitely a process um, and it's definitely something that you can learn. Some people go hog wild and follow every single recommendation in the book. Some people, again, adapt to themselves and allow for the process to occur. So, you know, it's important for me to educate in my authentic way. And now you know me personally because we're in a men's group together and we do breathing together and all that kind of cool stuff. So you have an idea of who I am, but sometimes readers don't know who I am. And I feel like I really wanted who I was to come through on this on, on this book. And I think that's what you're remarking is, you know, we have a great relationship with each other, but having a relationship with my reader is often something that's difficult to do. So thanks for noticing how hard we worked to really have the reader connect and understand some of that stuff. And it's not about being perfect. It's about having energy. Well, I mean, honestly, I think if anyone will have any kind of discernment, they can just feel your sense of authenticity and sincerity and also expertise, right? So honestly, I think it's very obvious. That's why, and here's, here's, here's my assumption, right? This is from an outsider point of view. Sure. That's the reason why you go on to these shows, right? Dr. Oz, Oprah, you know, Anderson Cooper for a hundred plus yeah. times. Like they don't just invite anyone. <laughs> like, I haven't <laughs> been on it myself, right? So, so you know, it, it shows you know, your expertise, your sincerity, your care for the people that you're really um, helping. Yeah, you know, and, and to be honest with you, you know, that kind of dovetails into the book because one of the things we talk about in the book is being kind and and caring for people and how that can give us energy and let's be honest dude i love doing this stuff i love talking about i love educating i love being on podcasts like this like you can tell like my energy level is pretty high and i haven't had any caffeine today you know it's 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 just enjoyment for me to get that word out and to get people thinking about ways to have energy but yeah kindness and personal um attributes are are huge for me do you mind if we just, we'll go back to the book, I promise. But yeah. if we double click on what you just said now, mm -hmm. how, what, so, you know, four books, hundreds of times, TV shows, body of work, right? Huge body of work and expertise. Mm -hmm. How did you discover that helping people specifically around their sleep and energy is your life mission, is something that you're willing to dedicate decades, 22 years, right? <laughs> You know, was right. it accidental? Was it more of a personal origin story behind it? You know, it's a great question. Um, for me, it was, it, there was, I didn't have a sleep disorder. A lot of people were like, oh, did somebody in your family have something and you wanted to learn about it? Did somebody pass away from something? You know, that oftentimes motivates people. Um, honestly, no, it was very serendipitous. Honestly, I was supposed to be in a sports psychology program. I couldn't oh, wow. get in the program. Yeah, I was going to be a sports psychologist, dude. Like I was going to work with athletes and have them throw hard and run fast and all this cool stuff. The mm. program I wanted to get into was full um, and I couldn't get in, but they had a sleep track that you could apply to. And I figured, eh, I'll do the sleep thing and I'll transfer into the sports psychology thing because mm. just because you tell me I'm not going to be in your program doesn't mean I'm not going to be in your program. Right. It you're going to go around it, go exactly. through it, go sideways, exactly. go over it, right? dig under it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I'm, I'm that guy, right? Yeah. So here's what happened. I got to this. I got to the internship and I said, hey, I want to transfer. And they said, uh-uh, Michael, you promised us that you were going to do the sleep thing. You can transfer after you do the sleep. I was like, 
okay, how tough could this be? I know how to sleep, right? Like that's literally my idea going into this whole thing. This is a full on year long internship, six months in a sleep laboratory. Yeah, Dude, by the third day, I absolutely fell in love with clinical sleep medicine. Mm. Honestly, I'm addicted to helping people because I help people like this. It's mm. unbelievable how quickly mm. you can help somebody with a sleep issue. I mean, look, I have a PhD in clinical psychology. And when you're a clinical psychologist and you work with somebody with, let's say, depression or anxiety or a major mental health issue, it can take weeks, months, even years to see any form of treatment gains. Mm. I see it overnight. It's like, it honestly, it gives me energy. I mean, if you think mm. about it, like mm. I love the, the idea of helping people and being able to have a little bit of knowledge and share it and change somebody's life. It's really one of the most attractive things I've ever had happen to me. And it happened very early in my career, literally within the first three days of me being in wow. the lab. And I just have always found a fascination with it. I will also admit it's easy to talk at cocktail parties when you tell people that you're a sleep doctor because mm. the questions just start coming. And um, and I have a good time answering them. Mm. I bet if you... So one thing that... I really love is this time you actually had a table of when's the best time to have sex and, yeah. and when is the best time to exercise. Cause I'm sure those are, shall we say, uh, lead magnets, right? People just yes. love that. Absolutely. So even just that and that alone, <laughs> and that would have you people line up. To it's talk pretty to motivating. You. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. Absolutely. Let's go back to the book. I, <laughs> I don't want to detract us. Oh, it's all much. good. We can talk about anything you want. Okay. Um, okay, so now you have the chronotype. Now you have the movement type. Anything else you yep. wanted to say before diving deeper? Yeah, well, I think one of the things that we do is we use this in a unique way for movement throughout the day. So one of the things we know is you sit on your ass all day long, you, you lose energy. You think, well, if I'm not really expending energy, I've still got it stored up. You really don't. Um, I say sitting is the new smoking, right? Like you need to, if you can have a standing desk and if you can't afford one, put your computer on a box. That's what I did uh, when I first started out. Nothing wrong with that. Move around throughout the day. Our biggest thing that we have that actually people do are these five by fives. So what this is, is we have five different movement categories and you do them at five different times a day for five minutes. So when I'm asking people in the beginning to track their energy score, we do it at very specific times. Then we kind of trick people and we say, you've been tracking your energy score and we love that at the same times that you're looking down to write that down. Now you have a new assignment for five minutes. We want you to move. We have very particular movements that we want people to do in order to help them uh, throughout their day. So the first set of movements is usually a stretch. Kind of makes sense. You're getting up out of sleep. You know, you've been, you've been, haven't been moving in anywhere from six to eight hours. Your body definitely needs to do one of these, do one of these, kind of relax yourself a bit, open up your system a bit. The second one is called a shake. So you ever see an animal when they wake up, what do they do? You know, they shake their whole body around. Exactly. Right. Mm. And what does that do? It kind of brings them out of it and wakes them up. Well, mid morning, you've probably been sitting for a while right? It's time to get up and give yourself a little shake. After lunch, it definitely is a period of time that things seem to slow down quite a bit. Now, naturally, we know that during that period of time, most people can get sleepy. During this particular time, we do something called a bounce. 
So you stand well, before up before the balance, before the balance, before bounce. the balance. Sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> I keep interrupting your flow. It's all good. All right. So, so in terms of the shake, do you recommend any kind of specific like rebounder as an example to help, you know, go that even, even more or anything like that? So honestly, you don't have to buy any equipment. Um, you just have to shake. So when mm -hmm. we, for, so for the shake and we have five different shakes and they're actually different ones that you can do based on how severe you want to do it. We've got the all over shake. We've got the, just the arms. We've got the, just the legs. We've got the, just the head. So you don't have to buy any particular equipment, but if you did have a rebounder, that would be kind of cool. Um, also mm -hmm. for the bounce, some people like to use those little mini trampolines. Um, mm -hmm. to be able to do the bouncing a little bit more. Um, I would recommend, again, you don't have to buy any equipment, just buy the book. Um, and, uh, right. you know, you can jump up and down bouncing. Um, I like jumping jacks myself. And one of the things I've been uh, enjoying a lot lately, this is going to sound really ridiculous, skipping. Like skipping down a path. It's Frolicking. a lot more fun. Frolicking, <laughs> skipping, exactly. <laughs> I know these things sound a little silly, okay? Like I totally get it. But number one, they're really a lot of fun. I have to admit that. Number two, they really work. If you, for five minutes, if you skip down your driveway, get your mail and skip back, you're going to have a bunch of energy that you certainly didn't have before. Especially mm. during that one to three time period. Um, that can be very difficult for people because they do have a tendency to get sleepy during that period of time. So getting up, getting some sunshine can definitely be helpful. Um, that's also a time period where you can take a nap. Um, mm. for some people, a quick 25 minute nap can be very helpful. I think CK on our last podcast, I mentioned, um, a technique that I use called a Napa latte. I think, did I talk about that? Yes. One? Uh, not specifically that one, but definitely that's, that's one of your, your signature moves. Yes. I, so I let's, so okay to tell the group about yeah, please. that. Of course. Of course. So, so this is a fun little idea that we do that hacks napping. So we know that when you nap, you don't want to nap too long. If you nap longer than about 30 minutes, you get this sort of groggy, what we call sleep inertia feeling. That means you've gone into a very deep stage of sleep and it's hard to get out of it. So keep your naps short, but here's a little boost if you want. If you drink a cup of black drip coffee, no sugar, no cream, throw a couple of ice cubes in just to make it cool right before the nap. When you wake up, the caffeine kicks in and you are good to go. Here's something even cooler to add on to that idea. I just started working with a company called Napjitsu, believe it or not. Napjitsu, yep. okay. Napjitsu, right? It's really okay. cool. And here's what you do is they give you two pills to take and then take a nap. The first mm. one that you take has got some mild herbal uh, sedatives like passion flower and valerian root and GABA. Only small amounts that will last for only 30 minutes. There's a second pill that actually has caffeine, about 110 milligrams, so you don't have to worry about getting a cup of coffee, and nootropics. So it's got about 650 milligrams of several different nootropics that help with um, focus, attention, and things like that. So not only would you wake up with more alertness, but also alert and focus. So if folks out there want to get a, give it a shot, I recommend Nap Jitsu. I'm, I've been using it like every day. It's awesome. Mm. I love it. Thanks for the thanks for the tip. Appreciate that. Absolutely. So after you do bounce, now you're in the early evening and we're talking about build. What do I mean by build? A large muscle exercise. Push-ups, sit-ups, squats. 
something that really moves a muscle. This isn't your exercise for the day. I just want to be very clear, but it's a way to keep the body in motion at some point in time. Again, only five minutes of something like this. The final movement of the day. So quick is... question there. Quick question mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, so last time we talked about Tabata, right? Tabata mm -hmm. takes only four minutes. Yep. So do you recommend, uh, since we do this five times, right? This five by right. five uh, framework that you have, mm -hmm. would it be useful to do Tabata, let's say twice or three times or whatever the thing is? I think in the build one in particular, that would be a perfect place to do a Tabata. Um, I wouldn't want to put that much pressure on somebody with the shake or the or the bounce, but for the build, absolutely. That's a, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. That's a great idea. I'm going to start telling people to do a Tabata during the build. Thanks, CK. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to add welcome. that in my, uh, yes, my repertoire. I contributed. You did it, dude. You're, you're always <laughs> contributing. What are you talking about? It's awesome. Um, yes, so yeah, you can definitely do piece. the Tabata. Mm -hmm. So balance is the last piece of the day. Um, and I think you'll appreciate this one as well because, when we have people do things like a tree pose, you know, before bed and they're, they're there and they're quiet and they're, and they're concentrating, they can't think of anything else. And so all of those ruminative thoughts, all of that, Dr. Bruce, I can't turn off my brain really starts to slow down when we ask them to do this balance for five minutes. And here's the funniest part is balance seems to be something that attracts your bed partner. So if you're doing your little balance thing, oftentimes your bed partner is like, what are you doing? Like, come on over here and check it out. I'm doing, I'm doing the balance work <laughs> from Dr. Bruce. And then all of a sudden you're both there balancing, having, spending some time together. And to be clear, this is a different kind of energy that it gives you. This gives you a calming energy. This gives you a more centering energy, which is exactly what you would want to have before bed. So I would say that the five and five is one of the most unique aspects uh to the book and then along with understanding your chronotype and your body type it just sort of gives you the tactics i want to underline that point just a little bit because i think one of the, the challenge that i have last time you know consistency like i agree on principle but right. you know i didn't have want to put in the effort to actually put in the schedule and this time i see the schedule so this is zero excuse right so it makes it super right. easy and you made it so particular to my specific chronotype right that's one yeah. and the second thing i also wanted on the line i appreciate the care because you didn't just focus on the self-care part you also talked about hey how do you uh enroll someone else to join you as well how do yeah. you do this on top of your obligations to you know, be an entrepreneur, being a spouse, being a parent. And that I, I think is very, uh, how do I say this? So a lot of people would say, yeah, you know, biohackers is great for single people because you don't have any other right. obligations, right? right. <clears throat> That's sure. what people sort of dismiss, but you make it so relatable that, hey, it's not just for single biohackers, entrepreneur, whatever the thing, it's with people with real obligations, spouse, parents, you know, entrepreneur, all these things. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. You know, it was really, the goal was to be as integrative as possible into people's lifestyles. And, you know, thinking about it, there are a lot of people who are in that biohacker, you know, uh, self-optimization space. And a lot of people do think of them as, oh, that's that single guy or that single gal who's doing that. Um, as opposed to somebody who's got responsibilities like kids and 
parenthood, and not that single people don't have responsibilities, they have lots of responsibilities, but you know what I'm saying, additional responsibilities like that, specifically time commitment responsibilities. The goal here was not to ask you to take anything out of your day. The goal was to actually put something in that can be helpful and flow within your day perfectly. And so that's why we have those five different times, do the movements. Um, sometimes I'll take, it'll be time to do a movement and I'll walk outside with my dog and do the movement outside just to integrate my dog into the process. Like you said, sometimes my wife will join us when we're, when I'm doing the tree pose before bed, it's, it's fun and it gets people interested and it's not so, um, insulated. You're not by yourself. You're in a community and that's important too. Yeah, that's actually another thing too. So by the way, I'm speaking to you, the audience members, if you are a knowledge seeker, knowledge creator, knowledge influencer, all of these different components to make it as easy for your audience to take action, right? To make it fun, right? Because you underline the fun part as well. At the end of the day, what Dr. Bruce is pointing to is he wants people to take these tactics, these frameworks to make a change in their life because you know, it makes him come alive. It makes me come alive to talk about this. I mean, let's hope that you don't just want to collect intellectual nuggets. You actually right. want to go out and make change in your own life. So these are, we, we're trying to make it as easy as possible. So, so you can improve your life, right? Absolutely. No question about it. And, and that is the goal, right? Is integration, right? Integrating these types of principles into our lives because I mean, like I said before, you know, the reason I wrote the book is we sleep to wake, right? We sleep to wake up and have energy to spend time with people that we care about and, and to integrate all of that into our lives. I think that's where we end up with success. Um, I think that's where we end up with things like positivity and happiness and joy, right? Is like, it's very joyful for me when my wife wants to do the stretching with me. It's like, that's really cool. I'm glad I have, I'll have some, I have a, you know, partner in crime to do this type of thing and it makes me feel good and it gives me energy to do so. You know, there's one thing that's really important that we, we didn't talk about, but I want to talk about, which is community and having a community and how that affects your energy, right? Mm. Is, you know, this is not meant to be done all on your own. This is meant for you to incorporate some folks in your life or do this at the gym or talk to people about these ideas because the more community that you have, there's lots of data to show. Number one, you definitely have more energy during the day, but number two, far more happiness, far, far more positivity, far more gratitude, all things that, by the way, are really good for things like your immune system, your cardiovascular system, your sleep, like all of these things feedback into your anatomy in a hyper positive way, which allows your anatomy to give you more energy. So it's really this awesome cycle of things that kind of wanders through. Um, but community is so, so important to me. Um, and, uh, and you and I are a member of a men's group community, and that's one of the ways we met. Um, and that's, it, that's a perfect example of how to create these communities to uplift everybody in them. Mm. Well, you didn't mention because you're speaking to an audience of high performers, right? So oh, yeah. cognitive ability, you will live longer, <laughs> you oh, yeah. reduce your cost of healthcare. So all these things, for those of you that just care about, I, I'm sure it's not just that, but if you want to kind of think about high performance, even for that reason, you want to do these things too. Yeah, so actually, no I'm, I'm quite curious because I know that you had a program or you have a program rather current tense with my Valley, 
right? Where yes. they try to put people in cohort-based courses and so forth. Yep. Have you thought about doing cohort-based courses? Because as you said, there are, we are, not everyone is into what we're into, right? Optimization right. of lifestyle right. and all these things. And, 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 you know, so cohort-based courses, I think is a nat natural evolution of this. What do you think? I love that idea. When I did the course with Mind Valley, it was probably five, almost five years ago. And the power of when my third book had just come out. So we really did one that identified chronotypes. And the thing that I really liked about the Mind Valley course in particular was it was kind of like a build your own adventure. So I don't know if you're too young to remember this, but there used to be these books that you could get as an adolescent. And at the end of the page, it would say, go to page 12 if you want to find the treasure chest, go to page 47 if, if you want to swim with the dolphins. And you could you know, create your own adventure, as you will. That's kind of what we did with Mind Valley is we allowed people to go there on a cohort. Everybody starts together and finishes together, but there's some different pathways that people can go to get exactly what they need. I really liked that idea. And also cohort breeds community right? Just what we were talking about. So having that group of people that's doing this with you is absolutely essential um, and a lot of fun. Um, if I did another Mind Valley course, which I might, I would definitely do one on Energize because I think people would really find a lot of interest uh, in learning more about how to do that. I, I, I can't make any promises, but I have a sneaky suspicion that yeah. People want to be part of this, you know, having, you know, uh, the accountability partner or even just inspirational partner just to see like, hey, CK is doing this. Dr. Bruce is doing this. I mean, right. our our breathing uh, breath work session is exactly that. Right. Yeah. People are energized and motivated because other people are there. They want to see them. They feel inspired by them. So um, I would uh give you a, 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 a more gentle than nudge. gentle nudge to, to <laughs> a little bit a little bit more forceful than gentle like to, a swift to kick in the ass as opposed uh, to yeah, yeah something like that something like that to, to actually do this because i think there's a lot of people that want to do this and i'd love to help if there's anything that i could i could be supportive of that oh of course dude yeah so um okay so let's see there's a lot of things that we could talk about i think that hmm well, is there anything that you wanted to say about the, the cognitive side of things regarding I did you know, having this energy? Now that you have this reservoir of energy, how does it actually help you? Right. Because, okay, I mean, I mean, you know what? I have a better question. Sure. You to me, sir, are a knowledge influencer and your consistency and throughput. This is your fourth book. Yes. It's, it's impressive. So I'm curious to know how does having more energy helped you be consistent with being this knowledge influencer? So it's a great, that's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. So <laughs> I have a, a, a lot of energy in myself. Um, I didn't always have a lot of energy in myself. Um, a lot of times I did things that actually zapped my energy that I thought were giving me energy, like running, like I would run three, five K's a week, trying to break my time every time. And I was over, energizing, if you will, over doing it. Um, and I had to learn how to meter or temper my energetic pursuits, right? And that was one of the things that people have to understand is when you get a lot of energy, what do you do with it? How do you expend it? What is What makes sense for you to do? Because honestly, when you start doing the steps that I tell you to do in the book, like 
You could work all night if that's what you wanted to do, but that's not what I'm recommending that you do because working all night, even though you have energy, drains your energy. So the book is really a lot more about balance now that I think about it, right? It's about how to get balanced energy. So when you can have those cognitive times where you really need to crunch some numbers or make some big decisions or things like that, you have consistent energy to draw from to be able to make those cognitive references. Um, other ways that you can use your energy is physically. If you're a physical person, you like to go hiking, you like to go biking, you like to run, you like to work out. Giving yourself that level of consistent energy allows for you to not have to chug a monster drink before working out in the hopes that you're going to be able to bench press what you're trying to do, right? So there's lots of places I think that people can use this level of consistent energy. Um, and the good news is, is it doesn't run out because you're doing things all along. It's almost like keeping your body battery at like 95%, right? You kind of plug in to your energetic source, uh, which could be emotions, could be cognitions, could be movement, could be food. And that kind of lays the groundwork for that. You know, one thing that you reminded me of that we haven't had a chance to talk about is emotional energy at a deeper level. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, CK, but I've got certain people, places, or things in my life that I call energy vampires, right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that suck the life out of you or me, um, as the case may be. We all kind of have those people in our lives. We all know at least one of those people that is just like, man, every time I talk to this person, I just feel energetically low, or I feel like they're, they're a taker. You know, they're not a giver. They're taking from me and taking from me all the time. It's really important. Number one, those people, you shouldn't excommunicate them from your life. You know, a lot of people might say, oh, they're negative. Get them out. There's probably a good reason why that person is in your life. If there's not, then yeah, get them, get rid of them. But if it's like your bed, your bed partner, it's not like you can just kind of kick them to the curb type of thing. Working with them, right, to understand more about how where they are energetically and to keep your distance at times because you don't need your energy sucked dry either, right? I get it. There's some people in this world that are negative people and you might be married to one, but that's okay as long as you are okay with their energy and they are okay with your energy, right? So allowing yourself that space and distance can be an important thing to do. And identifying those, um, those energy vampires can be enlightening and upsetting <laughs> all at the same time, but probably a worthwhile pursuit for sure. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So, uh, so let's see. As someone who is a lifelong seeker and then also a knowledge influencer, right? I'm, I'm very impressed, as I said, about your throughput. And I'm curious to know, how do you balance between learning and teaching? Because to uh, me, I have ADHD and, you know, it's easy for me to just keep learning and not ship. But yet you are so consistent with shipping, right? And learning at the same time. Can you tell me, how do you think about balancing the learning and the teaching? So... It, that's a really interesting point. And I think that there's a difference between people who want to learn and people who want to learn and then teach what they've learned, right? I think there are some people who just like to collect knowledge, collect knowledge, collect knowledge, maybe act on it in smaller appropriate ways within their universe. Um, I'm a little bit different. I'm kind of a ham. I like to be on stage. Um, and I, I am, and I, and I enjoy the attention. 
Um, I was an only child, so I'm one of those people who likes to get attention because we didn't get a lot when I was younger. Um, mm -hmm. I like to be the expert. Um, I'll admit that to you. Um, I've spent 22 years becoming the expert. I think I deserve it, and I like being it. I like being the guy who makes the decisions and who's got the knowledge to give to people, um, not from a powerful standpoint, but from a positive standpoint. Um, you know, it's really amazing when I talk with people about their sleep or about their energy and I, and I express a, a thought or an idea or a piece of science and they stop dead in their tracks and they just are like, wait, say that again, Michael. And I tell them something and they're like, oh my gosh, I just realized something about myself. Mm. I'm good, bro. Like that's all I need to keep me motivated and energetic and kind of working through my day. Um, I've always been a very energetic person, but I feel like helping people getting outside of my own self and my own condition and helping people is probably the thing that has been some of the most energetic work I've ever done. I've definitely had some times of depression in my life. I've definitely had some times that have been difficult. Um, I had a two to three year period where I had something going on that was incredibly difficult to maintain, incredibly difficult to try to stay positive with. Um, so I can't say that I'm happy all the time, but what I can tell you is consistency breeds positivity. Um, and sometimes when it's tough to be consistent, when it's hard to stay motivated, I lean on my discipline and that starts to put me through. And then once I get on the other side of that depression or anxiety or things like that, I feel like I did it right. And I accomplished that goal and, and I feel like I can do it again. And so every single time I come up against these, these issues, I've started to say something a little bit different in my head. I used to say, Oh, I have to go do a podcast or I have to go be on TV. <laughs> right. Or I have to write nice. another book. Mm -hmm. Right. Now I've changed that. I say, I get to. Mm -hmm. I get to be on TV. I get to write another book. I get to influence people. It's a real honor when you think about it to be able to have the opportunity to influence so many people in so many ways. So I think that also motivates me um, to have this level of energy and, and to just be interested enough to educate people because it, it is a little bit on the thankless side at times, you know. I might be on television and somebody will write in and say, oh, your tie was crooked and you had spinach on your teeth, missing my whole point, right? <laughs> you know, we get those people, we, 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 we say, it's okay, it's okay. Yes, Michael had spinach on his teeth, but did you hear the thing about chronotypes? You know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's hard, but, um, but we do a good job, I think. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for being very open about how human you are. Because at the end of the day, you know, we are experts, but we're not perfect. We're, we're human oh, beings. No. We're learning. We're on this journey too, like everyone else, right? And, um, and I really, really appreciate just, you share a lot about yourself in your book. You even share like, hey, here's what I like. Here's what makes me emotionally energized. I, you know, I like winning. I like making money. Yeah. Like, that's very personal. I love it. Like, I was like, that is that is awesome, Michael. Like, go for it. Like, I wish nice. that I, I, I'm even more open as, as I am now. So, you know, seeing you as a, as a, as a, as a role model, as, a, as an example of that, right? Thanks, bro. So I, I wanted to drill in on this. What I was kind of hoping for specifically is yep. in the day-to-day, -day, oh. right, you can, you can go on and learn, 
more, you can read things, you can read research and keep learning. And you can also ship like, hey, I, you know, I don't know if you have like every year I'm going to write a book. Every two years I'm going to write a book. Every five well, years I write a book. Uh, okay. It's on a schedule. Um, mm. Every five. So, so there's a very specific reason and I'm happy to share it with you and your audience. So mm. here's the thing. It's very easy to get on television when you write a book. Mm. People don't give you a hard time about it. They want to hear your information, especially if you've got a scientific background like me and you discover something new or you create something new. And mm. so what we've learned is that every five years, if I write a book, it continues my media cycle very easily, which allows me to move forward with my brand. So for folks out there who are entrepreneurs who are interested in becoming an expert and understanding that level of expertise and what it can do for you, an authoritative expertise in whatever your field is, is gold when it comes to media, right? So if you want to get your word out, which is obviously something that I like to do a lot, um, having a good cadence of when you write these books becomes very important. The second thing I do is I have blogs. I have a new blog that we write every single week. Mm. It also it depends upon the topics. What we do is we actually go to Google and we see what the trends are for sleep for the week. And then I find data um, to be able to put something together because if people are asking it on Google, they're probably wondering about it on my site as well. Um, mm. And so we try to put information out there to help people um, in that way. So that can be fun and motivating. And then also, I like to do social media. Um, to be honest, yeah, with I you, saw not, your new thing on TikTok. Did you? <laughs> I, yeah, I've been, yeah, I follow you. It's pretty fun. Um, we mm. had a million and a half people uh, uh, watch the video on what to do if you wake up in the middle of the night. Like mm. for me, that's so powerful. Every time I put content out, the hope is that somebody somewhere gets something from it. But getting that feedback, like a million and a half people watch my video, like really on that? Okay, let's, if that's what you want, we're going to give you some more of it type of thing. And so the cadence is something that goes very regular so that people know where to come to get information. So again, if you're an entrepreneur and you're becoming an expert in your field, number one, write a book. Um, it, it's a 100% credibility builder. Um, number two, nobody has a hard time plugging a book on television, in the media, on podcasts, on anything. So being able to get your word out, it's very different than, for example, if you have a product that you developed. Products, people are like, oh, that belongs in a retail store. Books, that belongs in a discussion. So mm. allowing yourself to have that level of expertise and then refortifying it with a book every anywhere from three to five years will work out, I would argue, really well. We're 20 years into this brand. Um, this is this is my fourth book. Um, and um, it's really exciting. You know, um, I have uh, multiple millions of people who review my work and get something from it. And I really feel like I'm contributing. And, you know, you're one of the only people, CK, that talks about legacy, right? Mm. So if you want to know about legacy, write a book. Okay. Mm. You want to talk about having a legacy and leaving the universe with something that it didn't have before, or maybe it's packaged in a different way, or maybe you've been able to give access to people in some unique way. That's that second mountain that you're talking about, right? That's the, that's the climb of legacy. And, and that's important to me. Um, mm. That's something that I feel deep in my soul is important, not just because I want to leave a legacy for my kids or eventually grandchildren or things like that. I want to leave a legacy for everyone. 
Mm. I want to leave a legacy where people can figure out that it's okay to get a good night's sleep. And there's a lot of different ways to go about doing it and have energy the next day. I think that's what I want to do. And mm. so for folks out there who are trying to get to that legacy point in their career, putting out good, well-referenced content, not just your opinion, although opinions can be helpful at times, but real science, real facts, really working off of real data. I think that's where you can, over the course of time, build that body of work and have legacy and be able to help millions of people. Like that's a pretty cool thing to get to do. I feel super honored um, to that people like my topic enough and enjoy my voice enough to listen to what I have to say. Mm. I really appreciate sharing that story. So quick recap, you know, my style, right? Uh -huh. So, so the seed of the, the seed of this is you found out that sleep is your jam, like sleep really yep. helps people. And then you started really liking it. And now you're essentially making that into your life legacy as a way to accumulate a body of work, whether it's social media videos or books in every five years and really, and then also your blogs, like seven plus hundreds of different blogs. Yeah, and then, right. So, so these are uh, your disciplines, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be weekly disciplines or, you know, every five year cycle. And, and then that will accumulate a body of work and also your TikTok videos uh, as well. You expand experimenting with new things and, uh, and that's how, that's how you keep going. I, I, I love that. So a little backstory of why I even started noble warrior, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. I've struggled with, so backstory is I grew up in Taiwan, uh, Asian tiger parents and uh, Confucius education system. And it's all about tradition. It's all about here's the right ritual, the right rites to do, right? All these things. And therefore, um, I was giving very specific paradigms of success and goals to follow. I was very good at it, but that didn't leave me any room to nurture my own voice, my own desire. Sure. Right. So my so as, as a result of that, I struggle with like insecurities and, and esteems and all these things. So the journey of Noble Warrior ultimately is the journey of finding my own purpose, realizing my own voice through Toastmasters and, and the podcast is a huge aspect of it. So then I can I can actually nurture that and now co-creating uh, content to empower the younger CKs. Yeah. Who, who, who's, who's finding his voice, who's finding his purpose, who's finding, clarifying his vision or her vision and in that matter. And then, and so then they can go out and, and then and take a stand like, Hey, I was here. This is my book, my course. This is my legacy. I'll leave behind for future generations to come. I love it. It sounds like we're both on the same path. We're just doing it a little bit differently. So thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate the, the mission of the noble warrior because that is noble, right? It is cool to figure that out about yourself. And it is a lifelong journey. I like the way you put that. It's, it isn't the destination for sure, because I think the destination is the end of the journey. I think, I think it's all along the way and developing our minds and our bodies and our souls in a way, shape and form that is acceptable and helpful. So thanks. I appreciate that. So regarding the sort of the books you want to write, is it, Hey, I'm going to tackle this subject. So five years from now, I'm going to write, you know, just 
top-down mm-hmm. approach, right? Or is it bottom-up? I'm going to do all these videos around sleep and then see what bubbles up. And then maybe there's a thematic thing that emerged <laughs> from the thing, right? Mm-hmm. How did you go about picking the book that you wanted to put your stamp behind? So it originally started with my first book, which was kind of a how-to-go-to-sleep book. Um, really for people with insomnia. My second book was all about how does metabolism and uh, sleep deprivation affect one another, the sleep doctor's diet. The third one was about an aspect of sleep called chronotypes, like we've discussed, you know, early bird night owl. This one is really taking that, including body types and moving it forward a notch uh, to give energy. So what's my next one? I kind of already know a little bit. I want to talk about seniors and their sleep. I'm 53 Mm. years old. I'm walking right into being one, you know, (laughs) Um, I need, uh, I need the knowledge myself. If you really think about it, I've pretty much written books about things that I wanted to learn about (laughs) Mm. Um, and then really dove deep on that. I mean, my career was based in insomnia. So writing the first book wasn't that difficult, but it was fun to really get some of the more holistic techniques involved, more of the alternative medicine techniques to to learn about those, to bring those forward to people, true or not. Um, The second book um, was about a weight loss journey, um, which I was kind of going on myself. The third one had to do with my patients who I couldn't cure one of my patients. Um, and it turns out that she was a very late night wolf and I thought she was an insomniac. And so we figured that out, which was kind of cool. Um, and then this book is all about motivation, positivity, and energy, which is the thing that I'm trying to find the most of. Um, as a matter of fact, in this book, I detail a cardiac event that I had um, yes. in a restaurant. And and um, it really motivated me to understand more about how to have balanced energy. So to be honest with you, dude, I kind of write books about me and the steps that I'm going through in my life. No, it's um, amazing. I love and, it. And it's interesting. And I think there's a lot of people like me out there um, who are going through these same struggles, who are trying to learn these same things um, and are having some difficulty with it. And so I guess I'm just kind of throwing out my my piece um, to see how it works for people. I mean, my piece is usually very scientifically validated and lots of references and things like that, but I think people appreciate that. So the next one's probably going to be about seniors. Um, and as we get older, how does our sleep change and how do we maintain the highest quality of sleep? Because now that I'm older and I've got all this wisdom stuck in my head, you know, the difference between intelligence and wisdom is just time. Right. And so (laughs) I think there's more than that, but okay. (laughs) Trust me. It's time. And so having had enough time with enough intellectual horsepower, I feel that I'm starting just barely getting a little bit of wisdom going on here. At least that's what I like to tell my son. Um, And so I think the next book will have a lot to do with what happens in that last third of our lives and how do we maintain our cognition? How do we maintain our energy? How do we maintain our sleep, our bodies? I think that's all going to become important to me then. So my guess is that's probably what I'll do, but I'll also be including all the cool new trends and things like that that happen as well. Yeah. So there are two schools of thought in terms of creating new content or courses and things like that. One school of thought is let me, we teach what we need most, a la what you were talking about, right? Right. Hey, I'm learning this. Let me just share to, you know, my uh, others like me. Another school of thought is let me teach what I wish I had known when I was younger. Let me mm. teach my younger self. Uh, right. d- different schools of uh, 
of thought. Hey, Michael, so appreciate you being here again. I can jam with you for hours. There's so much <laughs> that I want to I wanna talk about sleep, being a knowledge, knowledge influencer. Um, hey, guys, go get the book, Energize. Let me actually go to a website right now. Let's check. EnergizeMyself.com. Go get the book, guys. Thanks, Michael, for being here. Really appreciate you. Thanks, CK. I appreciate you, and I appreciate our friendship. Take care.